0: On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about the danger of inaction and why you should lean into discomfort and force change. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 103. Of life and lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Now, just quickly, if you're expecting to see this episode today on YouTube, don't bother looking there, it's not there, I'm in Corby and so uh, I'm not filming this one today, the same will be true with quite a few of these solo episodes throughout the year. I've kind of planned my schedule to make sure that every time there's a guest I'm in Wales and I can film in that big fluorescent purple well lit room Uh, but when I'm in Corby when it's just me, it's frankly just not worth the effort setting it all up uh, and I'd rather not Put out videos that are just kind of me sat looking half asleep at half seven in the morning in my bedroom. So, this isn't on YouTube, but this is a good opportunity now that I know that every single person listening is currently on something like Spotify or Apple Podcasts to tell you to head to the link which will be in the show notes. I'll make it the top link in the show notes. Head over to the YouTube page and do me a big favor if you can just subscribe to make sure that you see when uh, episodes and when clips go out. Uh, I'll be honest, YouTube is still kind of taking a bit of a back burner, just because it's it's a whole new game, and it's one that I have never played with. I don't really know the rules of creating on YouTube, if that makes sense. I don't know how frequently clips should go out, what makes a good clip, what makes a good thumbnail, how to optimize the title, all this stuff. So in the next year, if you're subscribed, you're very much going to be watching me and the small group of people around me who are helping out work out how to make this YouTube thing work but like I say this week it won't be on there um, it'll be the all of the guest episodes so long as I can be in Wales and any of these kind of episodes when I happen to be in Wales but not this week anyway I hope you're well hope you had a good week um, it's been a very uneventful week for me I'll be honest just kind of getting on with getting on. That's what I like to do in January. I feel like I haven't really taken much of a break uh, since the end of December when I got out of COVID isolation and kind of hit the ground running. Uh, I was speaking last week actually to Rick, if you heard that episode, when I said that when I was in Dublin on the 14th of December, uh, or actually tell actually lie, it was the 15th of December, I planned my year. I put together this kind of really solid plan of what I wanted to achieve this year and how I was going to get there and the kind of granular goals in every area of my life and I felt this sense of momentum that we all do when we have goals and I was so ready to go and then of course the very next day I tested positive for Covid when I was back in the UK and so there was this weird kind of anticlimax where I was so ready to start chipping away at these big goals that I have for this year and they were sat there and they were written down and they seemed achievable and I knew what I needed to do and then I spent 10 days not really able to do much about them and so since then since getting out of isolation uh, on well Christmas day I have been going quite all out Um, and I'm sure that there will be periods of this year which are Less all out, you know. I think we've spoken before about the idea of seasons. There are times when it just feels right, and the stars are aligned when it comes to you getting done everything you want to get done in life, right? So, you know, my my schedule right now: waking up early, having had enough sleep, going to the gym five or six times a week, um, eating all of the foods I want to eat because I'm in fixed locations getting done solid chunks of work, making time for podcast, guest outreach, all of those things are nicely falling into place. There'll be times in the year when it's just a mess, right? Look at every October, November, December with how busy we get as a business and things just kind of slip. So right now, whilst trying not to go too hard, whilst trying not to burn out and kind of cause more harm than good by fitting in too much... I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that right now going all out feels sustainable and also is kind of offsetting against the the potential bad weeks and months. I say bad what I mean by that is where things aren't as productive or there are lots of meetings or I'm traveling so structures fall apart or it's busy with the business or whatever Um, and I want to talk about that a little bit more later on but before then I just want to talk about the conversation with Rick last week, because that was really interesting. You would have heard in the first few minutes that I didn't hit record, so that was all kinds of fun. Imagine having a productivity expert who schedules their day with a calendar, and so who understandably has a hard stop at the end of the hour-long period that you and they are talking, and then You've got a lot that you want to ask them and six minutes into that chat, so 10% of the time has elapsed already, you realise that you haven't hit record and you need to go back over that part of the conversation um, whilst both of you kind of do this dance of pretending that he hasn't heard the questions and that I haven't heard the answers um, and then try and squeeze what was planned to be an hour-long conversation into about 45 minutes. Not ideal but I was talking to, I think it was Richard who said it last week, it's one of those mistakes that I will only make once. Um, like it, the the double and triple checking that I will be doing in the software that I use to record remote episodes it's just really fortified now that that's happened to be fair it wasn't a big deal like rick was cool about it and we 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 didn't run out of time i asked rick everything i wanted to ask he gave great answers but it was just it was just a lesson because yeah it's um that software isn't the simplest thing in the world it records locally my audio and video and the guests audio and video locally and then shows me both me and them on the screen and then all of the audio readouts and the upload rates and all these buttons down the bottom and um yeah the record button wasn't pushed Uh, but focusing on the good details of that conversation which was everything other than that it's really interesting to talk to rick about the way to plan a week to make sure that you're getting the most out of your time and making time for everything that is truly important. It was interesting to talk to Rick about his year plan and year review and goal setting process, because as I just said, I've used it myself and it's really effective. And um, yeah, if I know it's, it's getting on for February now, but if you don't have a plan in place for this year and you want clarity it's not too late. The worst thing you could do right now is say, ah, well, look, January is almost over. So I'm just not going to set goals for this year because what is, what is worse of the two outcomes, right? Either you set goals for the next 11 months, a little bit late, and then work towards those goals for 11 months, or you say, nah, it's too late now. just not going to do it. And then you just kind of waddle for the next 11 months and wait till next year. It's a loaded question. You know the answer. So if that is the case if you don't have goals and you want them if you want a plan for this year two things that you ought to do Uh, number one if you haven't go back and listen to that episode with me and rick and number two his book is out on the 3rd of february it's called grip the art of working smart i think the domain name you need to go and grab that although i'll make sure it's in the show notes is gripbook.com. i know a couple of you have already gone and pre-ordered it Uh, go there go to that url buy that book it's a super easy read Um, it's a couple of hundred pages it's really nicely written and just read it and follow the processes it's kind of a workbook in a sense it it guides you through creating this really nice structure and i think that you'll find a lot of value from it talking about guests man we have some guests coming up we have guests which i've always wanted which i thought were two or three years away from being viable because of the Uh, the age of this podcast, because of the lack of guests that I've so far had, because we all know the story of last year when I kind of just gave up. Um, And also just because the competition out there is incredibly tough, right? These people get dozens, in some cases, I'm sure hundreds of invites onto podcasts each year. And so it's kind of like a bit of a sales process in the same way that we have a a process and a flow of how to go from identifying to prospecting to communicating with to closing a client with patter in the past i kind of thought that getting guests on this podcast was this thing where i kind of send a message and if it gets ignored oh fair enough okay and if it doesn't oh cool they're engaging but no it's it's far more intricate than that um and i've, I've learned recently that booking guests is a slow process it takes weeks in some case literally months to confirm somebody and then of course the recording date after they're confirmed in is often months in the future so we're talking between two and four months from thinking oh i'd quite like to have x person on the podcast to actually sitting down and recording with them that's something that i didn't really acknowledge or respect in the past but it's something that i'm learning right now and that's why all of the episode slots up until early april are booked up now. Like I could tell you who will be on the podcast on what week and when that's getting released for every single episode you're going to hear between now and getting on for the middle of the year. And that's what's needed, right? Because with that 2 to 4 month runway, I'm now beginning to speak to people for kind of April, May, June time. Um so so long as I keep that kind of flow going, so long as there are people Booked for sufficiently far in the future I won't find myself in the situation I did last year where booking guests is kind of very hand-to-mouth and I see who can come on immediately because there's nobody and then give up so guests are coming and the guests that are coming on are really exciting like I say so next week you're going to hear a conversation with Max Fosh. Max is I've said it before my favorite YouTuber he just produces silly funny but really quite intelligent and interesting content on YouTube. I will save you his bio, as in I won't talk about him too much now, because you're going to hear an hour and 15 minute conversation with him next week. He is also a comedian, just completed a very big uh, UK wide stand up tour. You're going to hear from the authors of a book called The Performance Curve, Vanessa and Laura. Um, That's going to be an interesting one. You're going to hear from Professor Adam Hart, he is the author of a book called Unfit for Purpose, which is about how our evolutionary roots and where we have arrived as a species up until this point from millions of years of evolution has left us, as the title suggests, unfit for purpose. Like we have been built as humans in every area of our lives to inhabit a world which is so different to the one which we now have because of everything that's happened in the last couple of hundred years in really recent history. Um, the the programming, the wiring, the evolution that has served us for so long, in some ways now falls short. Uh, you're going to hear from Rory Sutherland, who is the vice chairman of Ogilvy. He is also the author of books, including Alchemy. And he's just a very funny man. I could sit and listen to Rory talk for hours. He is incredibly intelligent. He is one of the leading minds in behavioural science in this country. But he's also just very good at telling stories. He's very good at communicating his ideas and his thoughts. And you'll see exactly what I mean if you haven't heard of Rory. When you hear that episode, you'll see exactly what I mean when I say that you could literally just sit and listen to him talk for hours. And you're also going to hear from Johan Hari if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard me speak about Johan. He is one of my favourite authors. He is a journalist who takes a look into interesting topics and areas and then writes these really detailed, evidenced, insightful, but also um, provocative, in a sense, books. And when I say provocative, I mean that you can't read any of Johan's books without really digging deep into your pre-existing beliefs into, say, depression in his book, Lost Connections, into uh, focus in his most recent book, Stolen Focus. They're incredibly interesting books. Johan is an incredible podcast guest from any of the podcasts you've heard him on, whether it be Diary of a CEO, Stephen Bartlett, whether it be uh, Modern Wisdom with Chris Williamson. Johan is just a great communicator who spends years working on these projects. So we're going to be talking in late February, about his new book, Stolen Focus. So you will probably hear that conversation in early March. Uh, and then in my inbox, there are lots of guests currently being spoken to. There are also lots of guests on my list of people to speak to. Um, and yeah, it's just exciting. I I was speaking to Chris Williamson the other day because I needed some advice on basically how do you read so many books, right? Because in that list, I just read you alone. There are like five or six books that I need to read back to back in the space of about five weeks uh, and so without boring you with the details of the answer there because it was, it was a very helpful answer but it's yeah I mean I, I can't see you finding it useful because it's a very niche problem I find myself in having to speed read books before talking to the authors um, I was basically explaining to Chris that the last two years of this podcast year one I didn't really know what I wanted it to be year two I knew what I wanted it to be, but I just didn't give it the time or attention or focus and I didn't have some of the insight needed to grow it. Whereas this year, and I said it at the end of a post when I announced those guests a few days ago on Twitter, I'm just going to give it a good go this year. Like it might go nowhere. It might stay how it is and that's completely fine because I've said before that I would continue to do this if it didn't grow by another listener. I find a lot of value in this. This is useful to me and hopefully it's useful to you as well. But with all of that said, I have the opportunity this year to really push things out there to bring you these really interesting conversations to develop my thoughts to an extent whereby this kind of episode where I just think out loud becomes a lot more useful to you and so that is the plan. Uh, Next week's episode guest wise is Max Fosh so look out for that one. Um, And then I've got a couple of notes which I'm not sure if they're related because I've just been writing them down over the last two weeks as I do on my phone. But the first one is about. (laughs) This one's kind of outdated now because I feel okay these days. But in the first couple of weeks of my new caffeine cut off time, so since about the twenty third of December, I haven't had caffeine after midday once. Now, my previous caffeine cut off time was four pm, and it sounds like that doesn't make a huge difference. But especially in the first couple of weeks, I was finding that between like 2 p.m i guess when the caffeine is starting to um wane in effectiveness and like 5 6 p.m when the sun's setting and it's getting dark i was just so 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 tired day after day after day and i think it might be because i tried to bite off more than i can chew right i did the thing that i tell everyone not to do which is rather than small incremental changes with habits when i had that year plan in place that i spoke about when I was out of COVID self-isolation and when the new year was on the horizon I thought right here's a big list of things I need to do I'm just going to do them all at once and so on reflection maybe it wasn't the best idea ever to completely upend my sleeping pattern by making myself wake up at 7am every day whilst also cutting back on the caffeine that I could rely on in the later hours of the afternoon to stay awake um but yeah, there are I think the interesting takeaway from this was that when you have these hard rules that you that they're non negotiables, right? When you have a rule and it causes a negative side effect, i.e. being very tired at three PM in the middle of the working day in a meeting, if you stick to the rule, if you have that as a red line that you don't cross, you don't just stay with the side effects. You don't just kind of feel sorry for yourself, but actually you find alternative ways around it, right? So the most basic things like eating some something like a banana and drinking a pint of water and going for a walk whilst listening to some music or an interesting podcast. Those kind of simple steps together made me feel the exact same as how I would have felt if I stayed sat down at my desk with a slightly hunched back in artificial light and drank a coffee. And I don't need to tell you which of those two is the better solution, right? I don't need to tell you which of those two is more sustainable, which supports better sleep at night. Um, And so it's interesting, just as a thought as I go forward this year, that when I try and make changes in any area of life, there will be resistance, right? It is by definition taking a path of more resistance. But I think there is something to be said about finding ways to either lean into that resistance and live with it or to. Overcome that resistance in a way that is different to your current um, vice, shall we say, right? Whether it is, I don't know, maybe you want to drink less alcohol in February because why not? Uh, There are ways to completely avoid it. Like, I'm not going to socialize and I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to see friends and I'm just going to sit on my own. Or you can be like, cool, I'm going to carry on living my social life. But in those moments where I feel a bit kind of awkward at the beginning of a night because everyone's drunk and I'm not, maybe I can, I don't know, watch some Charisma on Command videos to work out exactly how to feel comfortable in a situation. By the way, great piece of advice there. Um, uh, I got this from Charisma on Command recently. If you're going into a situation where you want to feel kind of natural and happy and smiley and not kind of stuck inside your body and a bit awkward, the guys at Charisma on Command suggest that before you go to something like a first date where you want to feel natural and a bit funny and smiley and loose and comfortable, sit and watch something that you find very funny for like 20 minutes beforehand. It could be a YouTube video, it could be an episode of a program that you find funny and just allow yourself to sit and relax and laugh. And then once your body has uh, kind of got used to the being in the state of smiling without like covering your mouth because you don't do that when you laugh when you're in private when it's got to the state of being happy to kind of be more expressive with body language and so on uh, the guys at charisma and Cremant say that the science says that that then sticks with you for a few hours so if you're going into a situation where you want to be happy this is such a detour by the way this is such a tandem but it just popped into my mind um, and you want to seem loose and relaxed put yourself in that state by design beforehand and then it'll stick with you super interesting um, something else i wrote is these words here discipline days allow for fuck it days Balance I spoke about on episode 101. I think what I was talking about here is that, and I said I'd retouch on this a minute ago at the beginning of this episode. I have had a few days in the past, what day are we on? In the past like three and a half weeks when I've been trying to go all out where the wheels have just stopped turning. Uh, like last weekend, for example, was I didn't say, I wouldn't say the schedule fall, fell apart, um, but like it was harder to want to do the things that I knew what I needed to do so I just didn't right and this is the thing when I spoke about balance in episode 101 I said that last year I made the mistake of thinking that balance was just kind of doing what you want when you want to do it and hoping for the best and trusting in the process and saying well I'm looking after myself by giving myself balance so everything will be okay and obviously it's not that silly that's not how you make progress but if you're living a fairly disciplined life, i.e., you're doing the things that you know you ought to do more often than you are not, you will be by definition moving in the right direction. And so with that in mind, it gives you the almost the permission to have days where you're like, cool, I've just done this for nine days. I have what might it be? I don't know. I've eaten the the diet that me and my PT said we're gonna eat. I've got to work an hour earlier I've I don't know wrote 10 pages of the book that I want to write one day whatever your goals are but today I can't be bothered I've done it loads I've made progress since the last time I stopped so today I'm going to stop and I'm going to just say fuck it and I'm going to not make any progress and I'm not going to feel guilty about that and so long as you have the the discipline in place to make sure that you're doing the right things often there's no reason why you can't have days when you just say you know what I'm not doing anything because I know that if I stop now, I will recover, I'll rest, I'll feel good and tomorrow or the next day, I can begin again and have another nine really productive days, another 11 days where I make progress towards the thing I want to and then I'll stop again. But I think you only gain permission and you only gain the kind of air cover from yourself to do that if you're making progress in the days between. I personally would rather have Uh, Lots of consistent days where a bit is done to move towards my goals with off days planted in between than two or three days of kind of hyper motivation with nothing in between. And it's kind of what I spoke about in episode 101 when I said about the, the kind of quieter kind of motivation that I'm looking for this year, right? I'm not trying to feel hyped up and amped and 10 out of 10 every day this year. I'm trying to feel like a 6 or 7 out of 10 and have good days where stuff just gets done. And if you do that, when you have those days off, you feel completely fine because you know that everything is in hand. Um, Something else I wrote is uh, this year is a chance to do what we couldn't do last year. And I suppose last year in this context extends back to 2020. Yeah, 2020 as well. Um, every year we begin again Every day we begin again, lean into that rather than letting the past get you down. So I can't remember what triggered this for, but I know exactly what I mean by it. Two things going on here, right? Number one, last year and the year before, there were things that we wanted to do that we couldn't or didn't, right? Everybody has their own story from this pandemic. Everybody has things that were going to happen in their life that they couldn't do. And maybe the opportunity to do some of those things has now passed, maybe you're uh, too old so you can't do the thing you wanted to do maybe you're not in that relationship that you were two years ago whatever it might be but i think that something which will motivate me this year to keep pushing and to try and have a really good year and to try and make the most of every day and say yes to more things and just do is the fact that we craved this a year ago a year ago to this day we were all in lockdown. Two years ago, give or take, for a very long period, we were all in lockdown. And then I'm not sure if you watched it on Wednesday, but Sajid Javid did the press conference about COVID restrictions easing to basically nothing, in England at least, uh, this week, with further changes coming down the line next week and the removal of basically any reference to COVID in law period in March that will put us in a position where things are kind of back to normal. I say kind of because there are irreversible changes that have happened to all of us as individuals and as society. During this, not going to go into that, that's another conversation. But the point is, we're going to have the runway, we're going to have the year, we're going to have the space, we're going to have the opportunity that we have craved for two years. We've wanted this. We've we've told our friends, when this is over, I'm going to do X. We've told ourselves when this is over i'm going to become that person i'm going to do that thing i'm going to stop putting things off because i craved this and the time is here the time is now like this this hypothetical kind of dreamland time that we've spoken about for two years when we say we begin sentences with when this is all over well, th- that that's it we're here okay it's not over the pandemic's still here but the measures are over the health secretary has said that we're going to be living with this virus right so life is going to get back to normal remembering that this year I think will open up a lot more doorways and make you lean into doing more because yeah we've wanted this for so long and then when I say every year we begin again every day we begin again I've spoken about the idea of beginning again before but basically um, just because last year was a bad year and you didn't do the things you wanted to do that shouldn't be a reason to think that this year will be the same because both on a global scale, i.e. the pandemic, and on an individual scale, i.e. who you are as a person, this year isn't last year. The world's a different place and you are a different person. So letting the past get you down is a bad plan for planning your future, right? The same is true with every day beginning again if you have had i don't know four or five weeks of not really doing the things that you want to do and i always talk about goals and outcomes on this podcast but it's because i think that if you're listening to this you and i are probably very similar in that sense right we want to get things done we want to live a full life and there are periods where it feels like we're not doing that but just because you've had a few bad weeks where you perhaps haven't maybe you haven't even planned what you want to do you just have this feeling inside you that the shit you want to get done this year, but you don't know. Or maybe you've got the plan, but you haven't stuck to it. Just because the past has told you that you can't do those things or that you haven't done those things. I think it's really powerful to put that to one side. And on like a random Wednesday in the middle of a random, you know, a Wednesday in February, there's no reason why that can't be your new beginning. There's no reason why you can't wake up on that Wednesday. And say, okay, this is the point where I begin again. This is the point where I lean into this year and really make the most of doing all of the things I wanted to do. So there we go. And then I connected the next thought below it because they're kind of similar. I don't even know what caused me to write this down, as is the case with most of the things I write down to talk about on this podcast these days. But I said, nothing happens when nothing happens and people don't realize this. So they sit um, with inaction and it steals them of their life. And it's fairly self-explanatory, right? But it's kind of connected to the above in as much as we have all been guilty at one point or another of believing that we can't do things or believing that something is out of reach or unobtainable or you're not good enough. And so we do nothing about it, right? And then when we do nothing about it, nothing changes. And then to go back to the kind of mini case studies that I spoke about with Rick last week, where you need to see yourself doing something to believe that you can do the thing. The same is true in the opposite, right? If you believe that you can't do something, and so as a result, you do nothing about it, you're then watching yourself do nothing about the thing that you can't do something about, which reinforces in your mind, shit, I was right, see, I can't do anything about it because I'm doing nothing about it. And literally, if you extend that out over years, I don't think an exa- it's an exaggeration to say that it steals people of their lives. It steals people of the the dreams that they had when they were younger and the things that they really want to do. And importantly, by the way, the things that they can do. Most of the shit that you think is unachievable isn't unachievable. It's just um, years worth of consistency away. And <laughs> just to be clear, this isn't me doing a Molly May because, yes, everyone has different situations. There are exceptions to rules. Let me throw all of those caveats in there. But my point is that regardless of circumstance, regardless of your individual um, life setup at the moment, and even regardless of the size of your goals, there's nothing to say that you can achieve them, right? I'm not suggesting that everybody will achieve every goal they have every time. Obviously not. But what I am suggesting is that if you tell yourself you can't do something and you accept that as fact and therefore you point to that fact to... Delay or even not do the things that you could otherwise do, you will never do anything. And so, I think what I'm trying to say in all of this is time is going to pass anyway, right? Two years from now, it will be two years from now. We can't get the two years back that are about to pass before us. And so, regardless of that time passing, you can either do something and try and try and make progress and move towards your goals or you can sit and tell yourself that you can't do it. And those two years will take the exact same length of time in both of those situations. You'll be two years older in both of those situations. You will have <laughs> you will have used two years of your finite time on this earth in both of those situations. So why not just give it a fucking go? This is the thing I don't get. People box themselves in so much where they say, I can't do it. And then They carry that kind of story that they tell about themselves for decades. Just do something about it. And then that kind of links into the last thing, which I want to talk about, which is a tweet I posted the other day, which I believe is really important. It's not exactly my idea. You've probably heard this before elsewhere, but I said, we know the answers to most of our problems, but the discomfort of fixing them is often greater than the discomfort of things staying the same until you realise that you'll be sat here in 2028 trying to new year, new me yourself, nowhere for another year. Now that's true, right? Think about, I, I don't know what your goals are or what you're insecure about or what you really need to get done this year. But when I say that, something probably pops into your mind. So think about that thing it's either a problem or it's an outcome or it's an aspiration and you're not yet there and it's probably quite far away now it's not that you don't know how to get there whether it is to lose weight or to save for a mortgage or to get a promotion or to ask that person out or to go on that holiday or to start that business or to write that book or to take up that hobby you know how to get there you know the answer to the aspiration or to the problem and if you don't, you can google it and two minutes from now you will know the answers. That's not the problem. I think the problem is and the thing that causes inaction amongst so many is that things are comfortable right now in as much as even if your life in this particular moment feels uncomfortable, there are lots of familiar patterns and things in your life that are familiar and therefore comfortable. Whereas to reach that goal that you just thought of in your mind, you might need to fundamentally change many areas of your life. You might need to, I don't know, stop going out and save more money and change your spending habits and change where you shop and do all these things to save for a mortgage deposit. And that's fucking uncomfortable. But the uncomfortable truth i guess is that whilst there is discomfort in that for two or three or four years what is more uncomfortable is never reaching that goal right you need to push through short to medium term discomfort to avoid long-term discomfort because it's really comfortable and it's really easy to stay the same right we are built as humans to preserve energy right we are energy preservation machines And that is why it's so easy to sit and do nothing, because you have energy within you. Well, when I say energy, I mean like calories in a literal sense. I don't mean some fucking full moon, lunar, tarot card shit. I mean literal energy, right? Let's talk about evolution for a second. And, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of years ago, we didn't necessarily know where our next meal was coming from. So from a survival point of view, it would be a very bad pla- plan to start running around and doing mad shit and using all of that energy just in case you don't get your next meal, because then you don't do very well in life when you live in a desert and it's 200,000 years ago. However, let's talk about the, uh, the unfit for purpose idea from Professor Adam Hart that we'll speak about. That isn't the case anymore. And so you need to push past the wiring, which tells you that things should stay the same that you shouldn't take action that this is comfortable and this is secure and you know what I don't feel too bad so I should just stay here and you need to push through that and just find a way to lean into discomfort because that's where change will happen and we're leaving January now and so everybody's going to stop thinking about their goals for the year in a way rightfully so it's time to just get on with shit but if you've decided that this year you're not going to do anything you're kind of comfortable But maybe you'll do something next year. I promise you that unless something very big changes to kind of reframe the way you look at life this year, you probably won't do anything next year unless you just decide that that big goal that you thought of, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna take long. It's probably gonna take longer than you thought and be harder than you thought and throw curveballs far more than you thought. But getting there will be far more comfortable in the long term. it being 15 years from now it being too late and you thinking I wish I just did that thing so there we go that is my morning ramble done I quite enjoy doing these podcasts in the morning actually waking up uh rolling out of bed as I am in Corby rather than driving to the office and just hitting record and reading back on these notes from the last few weeks Um, thank you as always for listening like I say, next week, you're going to hear the conversation that I had with Max Fosch. It's a really good one. It's a funny one. He's funny. He is a comedian by trade. And so it's it's interesting and it's insightful, but it's also slightly more lighthearted than some of the other conversations that we have coming up. And so it's definitely a nice listen. Uh, so make sure you check that one out next week. Uh, but in the meantime, have a good week. And I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 104 of Life and Lessons. See you then.